0: continuing our series entitled Better. We're talking about how to have better relationships. Let me tell you one thing that I've learned. Relationships, good relationships don't happen by accident. It takes work. Nobody just drifts into good relationships. You don't drift into a good marriage. You don't, good you don't drift into good friendships. You don't drift into good relationships with your kids. Why? Because it takes work. Now, what I'm so grateful is is that we have the Bible. The Bible talks about not only how to get to a relationship with God for eternity, but how to get along down here in the here and now. Today, I wanna talk to you about our final concept in this whole series called Better. I wanna talk to you about how to to have better relationships utilizing a missing element in our culture. I wanna talk to you about the principle of honor. The principle of honor. Reminds me of a funny story I heard about a rich sheik's son who is sent to Europe to study. After a month there, he writes an email to his father. Father, I'm doing great. My classmates are great. My professors are great. The courses are well-structured. They're organized. There's only one small thing, though. I feel kind of embarrassed when I arrive in my Lamborghini every day and my fellow students and even the professors. that they come off of, well, they come off of the subway train and it's embarrassing and, and I just stick out like a sore thumb. The next day, the father replies, son, I've transferred $200 million to your bank account. Go and buy yourself a subway train. Don't dishonor our family. <laughs> now, I believe that that cheek father probably doesn't understand honor and dishonor the way the Bible talks about it. The fact is, we do have a problem with dishonor in our culture. A matter of fact, if you look on social media today, you almost get extra credit. How, how dishonorable that you can become towards someone else. No, I'm not suggesting it's right or appropriate. I'm just saying it's a reality. Dishonor, what is dishonor? when you devalue, when you demean particular people. The fact is, is as followers of Jesus, we, we are called to a different way. One of the scriptures I love to use, and I talk about it all the time, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says this, the New Living Translation, don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. Don't, isn't that cool? It's so profound just to be able to see that. It's so clear. I love this translation. Paul says, don't copy the behavior or the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. What is Paul saying here? Don't become so well adjusted to the culture that you fit into it without stopping and thinking, is this right? Is this appropriate social media decorum? In other words, should I do that? Should I speak to that person that way? Whether or not the culture deems it appropriate, what does the Bible say about that? Honor is absent today in our culture. In biology, there's a concept. It's called sensory adaptation. Essentially, what this means is the body's ability to suppress sensory information after I initially experiencing it. The reason why this is so important is it's kind of like when you walk into a room. You're designed physiologically a certain way that you walk into a room and when you initially smell something... <clears throat> It catches your senses. It, it titillates your senses to the point that, whoa, whoa, time out. Hold on. I can smell something in this room. But if you, if you don't realize it, after a while, your body begins to adapt to it, and you no longer smell it the same way. I believe in a socially spiritual adaptation. In a similar way, when we're not careful, when you walk into a situation, you hear a conversation, whether it's at work, whether it's with some friends, whether it's with some neighbors, and maybe, and maybe at first, the language that's used, the caustic nature, the sarcasm, it's, it, it, as a Christian, it, in a sense, it's an affront to you. But after a while, you adapt to it. And it doesn't have the same pungency It's called sensory adaptation. I think it's important that Paul says it right here. Followers of Jesus, we are not to be conformed to the world, to the customs, to the social mores, but rather we are to be transformed. I think it's interesting when you begin to think about all that's going on in our culture. There is Just because something is common doesn't mean that it is right. I love how we've been exploring the principles of God's word and and looking at truth from scripture about relationships. Instead of just simply basing our relationships off of cultural mores. we're going to what the scripture says. What does God say about marriage? What does God say about friendship? What does God say about parenting? What does God say about the next generation? What does God say? It's interesting. I have a friend who works with wood. Some of you may work with wood, and I know we have people in our church, all of our campuses, and some of you guys, gals and guys, like you can build things, you know how to do things, and It's interesting. Here's what he told me one time. He says, Steve, it's important that when you're cutting wood, and if there's multiple pieces of wood, you don't measure the next piece of wood off of the last piece. Because if you do that, you'll end up getting a little bit off each time. You actually have to measure the next piece off the original tape measure. In other words, that what happens is if you're comparing yourself against somebody right next to you, and then somebody right next to you, you don't realize that after a while you can get off. We've got to compare ourselves against the standard of God's word, not Against the standard of culture, we got to. We got we to. This is this is the standard. Paul said, "Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the culture." It is hard to find the honor anywhere in our culture today. it is found, conversely, though it is found everywhere in Scripture, from the Book of Genesis all the way through the Book of Revelation. This principle of honor the culture compares and tears down the scripture esteems and values and builds up paul said in second corinthians chapter 10 verse 2 they are only comparing themselves with each other and using themselves as the standard of measurement how ignorant One of the main areas of relationship brokenness in today's culture that I want to talk to you about is I believe that in a marriage relationship, parents with kids, it's when you lose honor in the home, when you lose honor in relationship, everything begins to unravel. Finding honor in today's culture is almost like searching for, in a desert, a cold glass of water. It's so wonderful when you can finally find it dishonor in relationships is, it is destructive. I want to say that again. I want everyone to hear me. Dishonor in relationships is so destructive. It's interesting. I heard about a recent podcast about the Saturday Night Live crew. and These members were talking on this popular podcast recently, and they talked about They said, if we were able to do today, if we were able to do 30 years ago, what they did today, matter of fact, we would be shocked. We couldn't do half 30 years ago of what people do on Saturday Night Live today. In other words, the standard in our culture of dishonor is eroding so quickly, there's no bounds where it will end up. And yet, when we look to the word, Paul says, don't be conformed to the culture around you. Don't act like the world around you. We do not measure ourselves by the culture around us. We measure ourselves by the standard of God's word. When we look to the word honor, what is honor? Honor is to show value, to esteem, (coughs) to place value on someone. We are made in the image of God. Every single person made is made in the image of God. Created, they're created. They're made in the image of God. The image of God. The likeness of God. The Imago Day, They are valuable. And if we understand that, we should value them likewise. I don't care... Even an evil act that someone's done. The atrocities that, and here's what's, there's such a dichotomy in this. We still have to understand that human beings are infinitely valuable to God. Doesn't mean that we always behave right. Doesn't mean that we always have, uh, our actions are pleasing to others. Doesn't mean that there aren't at times evil deeds that are done. And yet we can never lose sight of the fact that human beings are valuable because they're made in the image of God. How do, we, how do we respond to human beings? What do we say to them? I, it's interesting. when I think about the principle of honor. I've always been interested by space travel. I, I, I don't know how many of you are, are intrigued by space travel, and I, I remember as a kid, of course, I was a baby. When the first group landed on the moon in 1969, little at one years old. But I remember over the years just being intrigued by space travel and and astronauts and, you know, kind of the whole thing. And and it's interesting that they go through extensive training with, with, with people that go to space. And one of the main things that they begin to really unpack for them is to teach them how it feels when you lose gravity. Because if you ever look in the spaceship and you begin to understand what happens, how people they do, and, and I wrote this down. This is really interesting. The level that they go to, they have astronauts run on a treadmill while strapped down. Why is that? They have them sleep tight. They they they, they have everything that can be released and insecure. They try to make secure so that they're body, how they feel, they they, they try to get their body to adapt to how it feels to be in a gravity-less environment and yet have to function. If the world right now lost the gravitational pull, there'd be chaos. In the same way that gravity holds us to the earth... And centers us in the same way honor centers us in relationships. When you lose honor in a home, in a marriage, in a friendship. When you lose honor. In other words, when you and I lose valuing other human beings. By the way, that's where we are right now in culture. There's no value towards other human beings. Because if you don't value somebody, you can, you can treat them Listen, not just indifferently, but you can treat them disrespectfully. Honor is the relational gravity that keeps everything together. Wow. We have the power of choice. We can choose to honor and we can choose to dishonor. My hope, my prayer for all of us is that we will not be conformed to the culture around us. That we will not be pressed into the mold of a dishonorable, caustic, sarcastic culture. But we will imbibe the values of the kingdom of God. And we will drink in and become Bible-saturated. And we'll understand the importance of valuing human beings. I want to talk to you about one scripture today. And I'm going to break it down. In three different ways. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. There's one power-packed scripture that I think typifies. It, is, it demonstrates the importance of honor. What's interesting about the scripture is I, I remember hearing one time, matter of fact, I read a book, a leadership book one time, and this guy was talking about 360 leadership. And here's what he said about leadership. He said in leadership, to be a good leader, you've got to learn to how to lead up. In other words, you've got to learn how to respond to the people that are over you. He says, you've got to learn how to lead down. In other words, you've got to learn how to lead those that are, quote, under you. And I know not under meaning value, but those that work for you. But then he says, you've also got to learn how to lead those next to you. And I believe that this scripture in 1 Peter, it's a scripture, it's an honor scripture. Matter of fact, you'll see the word in there. But I believe that Peter is talking about, by the way, he's living in a culture, and a very broken culture, and he talks about, <clears throat> watch this, how to honor up. How to honor those that are not, I hate to, I hate to use the word down, but those that are, quote, under you, those that may be even serving you in your leadership position, but then also how to honor those next you. I wanna to talk to you about 360 honor. Everybody say 360. 360. I wanna to talk to you about how we can be people of honor. I wanna say this again. When, if we lost gravity in the earth, there'd be chaos. I wanna say this. When we lose honor in relationships, dissolution takes place. The scripture has the antidote. First Peter chapter two, verse seventeen. Here's what Peter says honor all people. Two, love the brotherhood. Three, fear God. Four, honor the king. Honor all people. I want to talk about leading up, leading down, leading across. Number one, those that may work for you, those that may be in your home that are your children, those that you may be a supervisor over. Number one, honor all people. Everybody say honor. Peter started with honor all people. Most of us, most of us on the planet at some level, have had somebody, whether it's a child that you've been a supervisor over, whether you've been a teach teacher, whether you've been a coach, a pastor, a, a business leader, most of us at some level, even if you've been a team leader in school, you've run a campus club, you've been a part of something where there have been people that you've been the leader of. The reality is, is that Peter speaks to that into the heart to honor those I, as a pastor, one of the things that I realize and one of the things that I have to consistently remind myself of, because I think it's the, the natural, what I would say the natural propensity of each one of us to forget to forget who people are above us, under us, around us. I want to always remind remind myself of what is my role. My role is to serve those that, quote, I lead. By the way, that concept of servant leadership, many of you in the business world, you understand this concept, The servant leadership. There's now a plethora of books all over the place about the power of servant leadership. The truth is, that was in the Bible thousands of years ago. Peter says this in, verse, in chapter five, verse two. He says, care for the flock to pastors. I'm a pastor. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly, for what you will get out of it. But because you are eager to serve God, don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. In other words, Peter is speaking to pastors specifically here, but leaders in general. The fact is, is that when we are leading people, do we value them? Oftentimes, we'll value those over us, but do we value those, quote, under us? We're talking about the principle of honor. I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. 360 honor. Over? Under, beside. But among you, it will be different. It should be different. We should, not lock, we should not act like the culture. We should, as followers of Christ, we should have a different modus operandi. In other words, we should behave differently. Think differently and behave differently. <laughs> but among you, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. The reality is, is that we'll often honor those over us, but we must never lose sight that we should also honor those, quote, under us. How often do we need to remind ourselves that maybe somebody even in a common job that, quote, is, quote is there to serve you, whether it's a waitress or a waiter at a restaurant, whether it's a flight attendant, whether, whoever it is that may be serving you, in a sense, you're the client. In a sense, you're the person. But, but can I tell you something? As a follower of Christ, we are to honor them, to value them, to esteem them in the eyes of God, that they're made in the image of God, the likeness of God, the dominion of God. I'll never forget, I, and, and, I, and I full disclosure, I've said this many, many times year after year at Church of the King. I, the church that I pastor, that I'm a very hyped up person. I have a high energy level. I've really never changed since I've been a little kid. I, I've, I've just, I'm just i up, I'm rolling. And just my energy, how God designed me. But there's a flip side of that too, where I can move quick and I can devalue people in the process. I'll never forget the time. I was. This was years ago and the church was just beginning maybe year two or three. And I was at a I was at the grocery store in a local area where our original campus is, and I, I'll never forget there was a young lady, and she was, she was checking out people. I forgot what it was even called at the time, and, and uh, the, the, the uh, grocery store. And she was just taking her time, just taking her time, just going so slow. She's just taking her time and just checking things out and just having conversation. Of course, I'm two or three people back. And what you do is, is that if you just kind <clears> of <throat> just. <clears throat> And just kind of, you know, you just, you gotta subtly kind of just send out SOS signals that, you know, hey, this thing is moving slower than it should be. You know what I'm talking about? And it's like, well, yeah, ah, man, geez, well, well, lots going on. You know, I'm just trying to do everything I can until finally it comes my turn. And I get up there, and I'm just like, ah, thank you. you know, and, she, and, it was, and, and I just, you know, I'm now embarrassed based upon that behavior. But back then, it was just like, come on. And so she looks at me, she, so she takes my thing. She's going the same thing she goes. And she looks at me, she goes, that was a really good message last Sunday, pastor. Honor all people. What does it mean to honor? It means to value. Honor is the glue that holds families together. Honor is the glue that holds, watch this, churches together, communities together, nations together. Wow. Everybody say honor goes down. Now let me give you another one. Honor not only goes that way, but honor also goes this way. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17, love. The brotherhood. Peter is speaking here of our peer relationships, coworkers, friends, brothers, and sisters in Christ. You know it's interesting the social media phenomena, Facebook friends. Really, really, is there really an equivalency between somebody that's just swiping through and looking at you know photos on vacation? Is it Facebook? It's Facebook. Is there really an equivalency between that versus reading to killing? To Kill a Mockingbird. I mean, when you think of a book, you think, is that a book? And are they really friends? And who's a friend? And again, I'm not against that. I am suggesting words have consequences, though. And when you begin to understand a friend, and, and how do we? And maybe that's why people are, can be so caustic. I am shocked when I see what people say about one another and how they just slam one another. And even as Christian people, you know, it starts off as friendly fire on social media, but it quickly degenerates into an all-out assault on people. It can even be friends. As Christian people, we are called to a higher level than that. We're called to something different. Peter said that we are to love the brotherhood. John chapter 13, verse 35, you you love one another. And when we love one, we will prove to the world that we are disciples. There's so much tension in our culture. I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. There's so much tension. There's so much brokenness in our culture. Remember what Paul said? He said, don't be like the culture. In other words, don't adapt the ways of culture. That's what Paul said. We're to live by kingdom values. We're to live by kingdom principles, not cultural principles and culture that are inconsistent with the word of God. We live in such a fractured culture, ideologically, philosophically, religiously. There's such a a fracture in our culture. And, And it's almost like today you get extra credit for being obnoxious to people. Just to say whatever you want to say. Everybody's got a microphone. And yet I believe that God has called us to honor people. doesn't mean that we have to agree with everything. Agreement is not a prerequisite for honor. Who said that agreement's a prerequisite for honor? You can agree to disagree. You can be peaceable. We can honor one another, whether, whether it's even in a home or whether it's in a church or whether it's in a community, whether it's politically. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with, but you still have to treat somebody as made in the image of God. Luke chapter six, verse 32. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? <clears throat> even sinners love those who love them. Sometimes it's hardest to show honor to those that are closest to us. Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, and Joseph, and Simon, and Judas. It's interesting, do you know there's actually a scripture in the book of Mark that said that Jesus, watch this, was not honored in his own hometown, why? Because sometimes when we're close to people, we can hold them, watch this, we can hold them as common. We can take them for granted. Have you ever done that before? I know I have. And the reality is, is that we've got to see people intricately valuable, made in the image of God, and we have to value them. Peter said, we don't just honor those that, well, listen, that work above us, or that, we, that may work for us, but it's also next to us. You see that in marriage. Somebody's married after, you know, you're dating. I mean, my gosh, you're trying to win them. I mean, you're opening the car door. You're like writing notes. You're, you're, but then after a while, come on, are y'all with me? After a while, you can start taking the precious as common. Peter said, don't do that. You can see that in a church. You see people that have been together for a while. And, you can, and, 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 and that's why I think it's so important that verbally we affirm that we can build up. Why? Because we never want to take that which is precious and handle it as that which is common. Everybody say honor. Peter said we are to honor all people. We are to love and honor the brotherhood. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. I want to talk to the guys for a second. This is important. 1 Peter 3, verse 7. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. Have you ever thought of that before, that maybe the reason why God's not answering your prayers, guys, it could be that you're not living in harmony and honoring your spouse. That's what the Bible says. Now I want to end, and I want to talk to you about something that I know is a difficult topic. I think those that, quote, may work for us, those that work alongside of us, But I want to talk to you about how do you relate and honor those that are above us politically, in your business, religiously. How, How do you do that? Pastor Steve, you don't understand something, man. I, I I work for this boss, and this guy is just. I, and I want to talk to you because there's a real tension that we can have in our soul because you're trying to work for somebody, or you're trying to be along some. You know, you're trying to be a part of an organization where that person's values. I want to talk to you because Peter says something here that is so important in this. First Peter chapter two verse seventeen says, "Fear God and honor the king." I want everyone in here to hear what I'm about to say. Everybody say, "Fear God." Everybody say, honor the king. I think it's important that contextually, that Peter, we believe all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. I want everybody to hear what I'm about to say. I believe it was strategic that he said that. I believe the Holy Spirit, because we fear God, because we fear God, we can honor those that are over us. Because we, the foundation of honoring those that are over us is not based upon them. It's based upon our honor of God. It's who God is in our lives. In this verse, he urges them to honor their rulers. That would clearly include the emperor at the time. Does anybody know who the emperor was when Peter wrote this? Nero. He was known for killing Christians and burning them to the stakes at the, on the stakes as kind of streetlights in a sense. Surely Peter had many of his closest friends that were martyred by the Roman emperor at the time. I don't think it would be a stretch to say that Peter did not respect Nero at all in his way of ruling. However, he still had to make a choice to honor Nero. Hmm. because of his position of authority. We all have people in our lives who will hold a certain level of authority. I don't care who you are. I don't care at what level you think that you're the boss. Whether you run a corporation, you've got shareholders. Whether you've, you're, you're part of something, you've got board members. You've got group, you've got different things. I don't care who you are. Everybody at some level is accountable to somebody that's over them. Maybe it's a coach, maybe it's a teacher, a parent, a board member, a political leader. We all are part of communities where there are leaders that are, quote, over us. Pastor Steve, how do I honor leaders that I don't think are good people? Two things. One, respect is earned, honor is given. I think we confuse that sometimes. Sometimes. The reality is when I say that I respect a person, it means that I look up to them, I admire them. I want to be like them. Respect and honor are not the same things. To respect means I want to emulate them. I, I value who they are, but beyond valuing, I admire and esteem them and I want to emulate them. Respect and honor are not the same thing. I didn't say that the scripture saying, I have to, you want to emulate everybody. There's a difference. The scripture does say that we want to honor the king. We live in a politically divisive time. If I had a conversation with anybody at any level, in a room, in a family, in a church, in a community, there's various different political views and it can get heated. And and I'm not against healthy discussions, but the reality is wherever you land at whatever level as followers of Christ, we have to come above and we have to understand that God has still instituted civil authorities. According to Romans chapter 13, that God has put us under authorities, that that we are subjects of the kingdom of God, but we are also called to be citizens of the, uh, of, of the nation in which God has placed us. We have to understand that duality. There's a tension in that. So respect number one is earned. Honor is given. Honor is a way of treating people regardless of how they may view you. Number two, honor sometimes looks past honor sometimes looks past the person to the position that they hold. David exemplifies this so well. David in the Bible, King David, had killed Goliath. <clears throat> he wasn't king at the time, and yet he served. Saul, Saul was a king that treated him less than becomingly in the sense that he, he, he dishonored David. He disrespected David. He didn't view David appropriately. And yet David still honored Saul because of his position as the king. It's interesting how many times I've thought about this relationship. And yet, in Second Samuel chapter one, verse eleven, the Scripture says, "David and his men tore their clothes in sorrow when they heard the news. What that Saul had been that Saul had, had died. committed suicide. They mourned and wept and fasted all that day for Saul and his son Jonathan and." And for the Lord's army and the nation of Israel, because they had died by the sword that day, in essence, he had gotten wounded. He didn't want to be taken captive. And so he wanted to ultimately fall on his own sword. He wasn't going to be taken captive by the enemy. And the the reality is is that David demonstrates the heart of a follower of God in the sense that he 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 could honor the position at the same time he understood there was a difference between emulating that person There's a tension there. doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. Listen, I grew up. How many of y'all would be honest enough to say, you didn't agree with all your parents and everything that they said? And yet we still had to honor them. Because guess what? Not only was it right, but many of us were in that same position going to be one day. (laughs) Right. And I think that we are in a absolute crisis in our country in the nation. It's almost like you get extra credit. And I realize that I, I say this in the fear of the Lord, I realize as a pastor. So in a sense, in a sense, I'm in a position of authority. I understand that. And I understand that there are, have been a lot of pastors that have done a lot of bad things. And so I understand the tension in what I'm saying right now. At the same time, we cannot throw out the old proverbial saying, we can't throw out the what the baby with the what We can. Why? Because honor towards authority is a principle that keeps things still together. Yeah. Peter said, honor the king. Honor the king. Wow. The reality is is that when we complain, when we tear down, when we disrespect, we've tried to do that in our home. We've tried to honor the authority. Even at times when we've had different political views, at times we've tried to honor doesn't mean I have to agree to whoever is in charge, whatever that's a local level, a statewide level, a presidential level. Doesn't mean I have to agree with them, but I still have to keep that office. If you can't respect the person, please, I'm appealing to you. Still respect the office. There's something about that, yeah. I believe that we are called as followers of Christ into 360 degree Honor. Let's honor those that we lead. Let's honor those that are beside us. Let's honor those that lead over us. The seedbed of honor is found in Jesus. He honored us, even though we were dishonorable. He honored us and valued us, even though the Bible calls us enemies of the cross. He honored us when we were doing our own thing. What does it mean to honor? It means to value so much that he died on the cross for us. Pastor Steve, where is the beginning place of honor? It's when our heart has changed. It's when our heart, when we understand what God has done for us, it is so much easier for us to value people differently. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm gonna ask everybody to bow their heads and I'm gonna ask those that are joining us on TV, online, those of you that are joining us as well. I'm just going to ask everybody to bow their heads right now because maybe you're in a place and you've never begun that relationship with God. You've never come to that moment where you've trusted Christ as your Savior. I want to pray for you today. Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ... They shall be saved. I can't save you. Our church can't save you. But Christ Jesus can save. Do you know Jesus today? At the count of three, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. If you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. If that's you, at the count of three, would you just lift your hand up high so I can see it? One, two, three. I want to pray for you right now. I just want to pray for you, everybody. Can we just pray with those that are trusting Christ right now? Let's just say, let's say dear Jesus Come on, everyone. Dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God, taking root deep in the hearts of your people in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Wow, what an amazing message and what a great way to close out our Better series. It has been so awesome. But... We don't want to just rush through the end of service without talking to those of you who are making the decision today to give your life to Jesus. Listen, if you're making that decision right now, we're celebrating with you because we believe that this is the best decision you will ever make. Yes, today you are made new, you are forgiven, and you have been set free, and we are so excited and celebrating with you as a church family. And hey, we want to come alongside you as you begin this brand new journey of following Jesus. Yes, if you would click the that's on the screen or in the chat room right now and fill out the short form, one of our pastors would love to be able to follow up with you to hear your story and to be able to resource you in your new life with Christ. And before we say goodbye, we just want you to know again that we are here for you as a church family. If you have any questions whatsoever on what it means to follow Jesus, Or if you have any prayer requests, please let us know. We have hosts and pastors who are ready to pray with you. And with that being said, that concludes our service today. But hey, we want to invite you back next week as we are starting a brand new series called Spiritual Eyes. Any guesses of what that could be about? Join us next week to find out. We cannot wait to see you there. Have a great week.